Okay, that was just like crazy bright in the background, like the Lord was popping in, so I had to make an adjustment. It was like laser bright. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. So the uh, the NDA for one of the games I'm covering is uh, it's real long. <laughs> I had to study it Fury? for uh, yes, I had to study it for a while before I was like, okay, I think I know what I can and can't put in here. But like, it's just like, you could talk about this thing, but only in the preview section. In the preview section, you can barely acknowledge that it exists. Also, no cutscenes! And, uh, you know, just very, like, <laughs> detail-oriented. As Nintendo is, except when they're building an online portion of a video game. Yeah. In which case, they put in the absolute bare minimum and then subtract 50% of that work. Yeah. How are you guys? So good. <laughs> Doing all right. Doing all right. How are you? Just great. You know, it doesn't feel like it's been two weeks since we were here. No. But yeah, it has felt a little bit longer. Also, spent most of that time playing Hitman. I. That makes uh, sense. Yeah, yep. Everybody's gushing over it. It's pretty great. Is it like is it I don't know what I'm trying to ask here. Obviously it's good as a Hitman game and also, you know, good as a game. I guess to what extent did you feel that while playing it? Does it feel like it blows up way beyond anything Hitman does, or is it just like, oh yeah, no, this is good. This is what I wanted. Yeah, at its core it is just more Hitman. Sweet. <laughs> which I wanted. Well, there you go. But also the I feel like there's a lot more flexibility within the levels. They go farther outside of their their own um, like wheelhouse with some really interesting stuff. Like the second level is rural England, and the context of the entire mission is, or one of the mission stories is that Agent Forty Seven has to impersonate a private investigator and solve a crime which will therefore enable him to commit the crime. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so meta, but I loved it. I wanted to solve the crime really bad. All right, fuck yeah. It also looks just ridiculous. It It's not doing anything all that crazy compared to the other ones, but it is so sharp. And runs at just this rock solid sixty frames. Sick. Mm. Best hitting of men Ever. in this trilogy for sure. Right, right. Yeah, that was the big thing when IO took those games over. Is that they really brought the series back to its roots, to what made it fun. You know, big levels, a lot of ways to tackle them. There were a few things that I think players didn't take too kindly to i think that they made the silent assassin ratings a little bit too easy um because before like you know blood money to get silent assassin it was suit only oh uh yeah 
quit like time came into it too like it was difficult very very difficult whether or not you were watching a guide it was difficult with with these io hitmans not to say that they're bad because i love the first two um but uh yeah they definitely were made a little bit more you know user accessible i guess uh it's not a bad yeah. thing by any means though yeah definitely more approachable yeah. but uh Man, there's something wacky going on with your video, Red. Yeah, Fine. you got your. Yeah, you're just a bunch of angry you're, squares. You're you're a glitch <laughs> face. It's like square. we're talking to Snowden or something. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> it's better. Wow. It's just no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Ah, oh, it's gone. It's too late. It's gonna come God back. God damn it. It is good now, by the way. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. You're good to go. Yeah. Yeah see though my network's been spotty all day i think that's what it is all right We're riding the lightning on this podcast then <sighs> shitty internet huzzah it's not a good thing in pandemic times no jesus christ you need but anyways i mean this is press x to podcast and uh this is episode 4.2 episode two of the face season yeah, man. Which we it's... still don't have a better name for. What could be better than the face season? Face o'clock. Face 45. Yeah. <clears throat> the face in a... Face, face on? Yeah, there we go. It's like it's like face off. We could do a, a movie poster. Get Nick Cage in it. He appears in stuff. It's not that hard. <laughs> we could probably get him. I think we could sign him. Yeah, yeah pretty much anybody can get him these days. He's got something new coming out that looks fucking wild. Uh, it's bizarre. It's like a mix between a horror movie and, uh, you know. Oh yeah, that that wa that wacky Wonderland thing or whatever. Yeah, it looks very very bizarre, but right on par for what Nick has been doing in the last like decade of his career. All like weird random shit that you would never have expected, or maybe you would have. It's Nick Cage. Okay. I mean, this is the man who starred in several iterations of National Treasure. At least two. Which is itself a national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> and Con Air. Don't forget Con Air. Nobody forget Con Air. Jeez. <laughs> We're aware of that film and shall be forevermore. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. Mm-hmm. Why did they stop following the 80s and early 90s action movie formula? You know, action movies don't do those things anymore. And if you think about the best action movies of all time, they're all from the 80s and 90s. RoboCop, Predator, Die Hard. These movies hold up. Okay, but yeah. to be fair, we're all right in the strike zone for those films. So to say we have rose-tinted glasses on the subject is probably an understatement. Like, don't get me wrong. I fucking love every film you just mentioned with the whole of my heart and nothing less. But, like... Wait a minute. Are you saying that this group in front of our faces right now yeah. is not exactly the most diverse set of opinions? Is no, that what you're saying? we're all of a roughly similar age range. 
I think. I don't know about Rez. <laughs> yeah. It's no, probably the baby. On, I am, 100%. I'm coming up on Dirty 30 on the 14th. Okay. Woo! So it's not like... Hopefully I don't even we're, we're, we're still we're sort of roughly the same age range-ish. Give or take. What I'm saying is that we are the people who are going to love RoboCop and Die Hard if people are going to ro love RoboCop and Die Hard. So, you know. Absolutely. Um, My counterpoint would be that everyone should love RoboCop and Die Hard. Yeah, RoboCop, especially RoboCop. Well, Die Hard's very easy to love, but RoboCop's really easy to love. When they show off the fucking giant RoboCop to the board executives, man, that's, a, that's <laughs> fucking history in cinema right there. <laughs> Whew, that's good stuff. Your move, creep. So, um, video games. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I didn't want to like. Well, I mean, I would argue that Hitman is kind of the '80s action movie of video games. It is. Very much so. It's very much that. But yeah, if nobody's played it or people haven't played it, it's. <clears throat> it is ostensibly an action game, but. It's almost never an action game. Most of the time, it's a puzzle game. Okay. Where you have two options of one, taking the free form puzzle approach and playing Hitman like you might play Tetris, where yes, you could kill your target right now and get the equivalent of like one line, or if you play your cards really right and stack up all the blocks, you could get a Tetris and it just <laughs> feels better. And both of them do the job at the end of the day, but you can do whatever you want to get to from point A to point B. Or you can follow the mission stories, which are more like, you know, a puzzle attack mode where there's a specific set of things you have to make happen in order to get the kill. And usually those are more elaborate. Like, for example, I dropped a, a chandelier that was covered in hundreds of moose antlers onto a lady's head. Nice. Oh, nice, yeah. That was quite Beautiful. satisfying. Beautiful. Have you had a chance to try out the VR mode yet? We did not get a PS5 code. Oh, okay. We got we got we got Xbox code, so I have not played the VR mode. Unfortunately. The footage does look pretty good actually. Better than I thought it would have. <clears throat> of the VR. Yeah, yeah. I thought that it would be, I don't know, more tech demo ish you know i didn't think that it would actually look i guess as good as it does never really know until you get in there though yeah i mean it, it sounds like a good pitch sounds like a thing i want to do i don't think but i'm saying to you in the chat also a thing that i really don't want to do is hold a playstation move controller ever oh no i mean they're not they're not like a hundred percent the worst. They're just not good. That's all. They're fucking ninety-eight at least. Those things suck ass. If you if you've held any other VR controller in your life, you 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 hate the move controllers. Oh sure, it's the worst VR controller. But like, it's not. Yeah. It's not like it's not like a Philips CDI remote. Like you can still like operate <laughs> with the fucking thing. An Atari Jaguar controller. Christ, <laughs> those are pretty unruly. Oh, Thursday. <laughs> but yeah, I would uh, to get back to Hitman yet again. Uh, would definitely recommend this game if you haven't played the series. It's 
it's a great place to get on board because all of the previous levels are playable through the Hitman 3 interface and they get all the upgrades for Hitman 3. Can we'll yeah, what like what are the biggest, you know, standout upgrades that you would say? What what makes going back to 1 and 2 worth it with these new upgrades? So for the Hitman 2 era, the big thing was mirrors and reflections. So like your target, if they were standing in the bathroom looking in the mirror, they'd see you coming up when they wouldn't have in Hitman 1. For Hitman 3, uh, there are, well, actually I don't know, but in in Hitman 3 levels, there are unlockable shortcuts that you permanently unlock in the levels. So like you drop drop a ladder, Dark Souls style, and now you have a permanent access to get to the roof easily, and do other cool stuff. I don't know if they put that stuff into the, the older levels though. I think uh, there's a little bit of that. I think there may have been a little bit of that here and there. It sounds like they, uh, you know, evolved on that though a little bit. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, there were a couple things though that I remember that they had brought into Hitman One from Two that made those Hitman One levels a little too easy, like certain mm. certain items that uh, you know were only available in Two that suddenly you could bring into One. Is there anything like that in Three? Do you think anything's going to make those levels easier? Uh, I don't think so. There's nothing like that. The super broken briefcase. Mm-hmm. that i've run right. across right um yeah just trying to think of what the other uh the other big changes are i mean because a lot of it is just more of the same yeah oh there's a sure. camera that's what it is 47 has a camera okay like when you, you can, can like slip scan. under the door uh, no not that sneaky but uh. you can like scan locks and uh your 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 counterparts that you're working with can do some some hacking of things while you're in the levels. Okay. If you're sneaky about it. Cool. Cool. But yeah, not a revolution. Great game though. Lots of fun. <clears throat> what have you guys been playing? Um I volunteered to do Gods Will Fall. That's mm-hmm. coming out the twenty eighth, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I really, really hated playing it, like a lot. It really sucked for me specifically because, like, <clears throat> I've had a lot of strong words on this show about roguelikes and the fuckery potentially contained within. The the premise of this game is that you play the last eight warriors from some like Celtic nation and like the gods have come and claimed the rest or like they were lost in this crazy attack. So just you eight have got to go to the island where the gods live because that's a thing and murder all of them, um, which sounds rad. And the setup is and the, the setting that they use is rad and the aesthetics look really great. But the guys you get are randomly chosen, like their um, gender and their Mm. build size and their weapons. And some of the weapons are dog shit. 
<laughs> and so what you have to do is hope that you get like the twin axes or the spear so that you can maybe win a stage potentially. And when one of you dies in battle, because like the gods will live in these little cave dungeons, you go into one of them, you fall off of too high of a ledge or you get stabbed three times, your dude dies. What happens then is that he is trapped in that level and you have to beat the level to get his ass out. And if all eight people are trapped in the level, it's game over. And then you can't use that save file anymore. You have to just like put it aside like a sad little trophy and start from scratch. But if you beat the stage, you get everybody back. But sometimes they have PTSD and garbage stats because being captured by God really sucks. So what I'm saying is fuck that game. <laughs> That seems like a pretty stupid mechanic. It, like, I, okay, like, if in theory, if you were, like, really great and, like, you could get through the combat and kick the shit out of people every time and it was fine, the game you could probably beat in, like, three or four hours, maybe. But, like, on top of everything else I've just described, it's another one of these games that took the wrong lessons from Dark Souls. But it's in that top-down diablo style camera isometric as it's called and so in theory you should be able to easily telegraph your moves and <clears throat> you know get in there and do your dirty business and get about your day um but like everybody's moves are a little bit slow and a little bit clumsy and you have to like go all the way into it and like really like commit to the move the whole way you know like a dark souls game and then when a guy hits you it can take like a fifth to a third of your health, kind of like a Dark Souls game. And like, um, you can just die really quickly and really easily over really stupid shit. And then that person is just gone. And then hmm. the rest of the guys that you have left are just like war axe guys who are like so slow. It makes you feel like the game isn't running properly. And then they get caught flat-footed by some asshole in his, like, super swing. And then that dude's dead. And then you're down to two and you're like, well, fuck it. I might as well just delete the file because it's going to make me do it in ten minutes anyway. <sighs> but it's a good setup. It's a good premise. And it looks good. And in theory, the combat is all right if you, like, struggle for an unknown amount of hours and, like, figure out the rhythms of it. But, I mean fuck you i shouldn't be put in an environment so hostile in the first place in order to learn this strange combat rhythm but here's the thing about games like that mm -hmm. if you think about hades for mm -hmm. example a very good game yeah if you fuck up in that you can also die in three to five sure attacks sure but the difference there is you feel like you're in control of that and if you die, it's absolutely, definitely your fault because you fucked up. Yeah, and you don't have to delete your save file. <laughs> Seriously. Also that. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty savage, the save file thing. Thanks. Like, I, I get that there's a small segment of the population who will love this game because it's hard as dicks and absolutely unapologetic <laughs> about that. And they're going to eat this shit up. And they're going to look at my score and be like, James, you crazy asshole, why would you rate it so low? I like because I hated almost every second of it. <laughs> fair, very fair. 
cool. So somebody can play <laughs> Gods Will Fall, but it won't be you, James. Not anymore. Oh, no, no. I, I have already, I'm pretty sure, deleted it from my console. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> well, did you have better luck, Rhett? Please, God, tell me you had better luck. Uh, bet, well, I mean, I played Scott Pilgrim. That uh, Scott Pilgrim, I think it came out on the Wii 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. Beat him up. And so, no, yeah. didn't, have, didn't have better luck with that. That sucks. Ooh. I played Disjunction as well. And uh, that one is embargoed to the 28th. So... I don't know exactly how much I can say. I know that they've they've uh, like given us the go ahead to give impressions. So, uh, I can yeah, certainly this is going to come out on the twenty eighth. So you can just let it rip. Let it rip. It's good. It's good for sure. If if just what you were saying when you sent it to me, it's got that. Oh, did we lose James? Uh oh. Oh yeah, he's gone. Oh shit. Looks like he's he's almost back. Yeah, I'm getting there. It's just the camera's not up for whatever reason no worries okay um what was i saying disjunction yeah it's fun though just what you're saying classic metal gear action um without a lot of what pissed people off about the original metal gear um it's much more fair you know you can move the camera around you can kind of see where guys are going to be you can plan accordingly different characters to play as so there are different ways to approach levels and I mentioned in the review that it really does Cyberpunk better than Cyberpunk 2077 did. So, yeah, there's that. Well, that's, the story like, scarcely a challenge. Yeah. Right. The story didn't blow me away, but it offered, like, enough choice and enough consequence to keep me interested. So, yeah. It's a fun game. All fun right. game, for sure. Um, certainly recommend nice. it more than Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim... Hey. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I have some counterpoints for when you're finished dumping all over that game. Scott? Yeah, that's the one. But go off. Yeah, it's just, I don't feel like they really updated it at all. It still feels like it was made in 2010. Um, I don't know. I, I mentioned Streets of Rage 4. Streets of Rage 4 came out within the last year, and I felt like that game perfected the modern beat-em-up yeah, I, I don't know perfected is pretty strong but well i mean you know. street trade 4 is is really good yeah yeah i just personally had a really good time with scott pilgrim but i played through it like four times when it was originally released um in 2010 sure but to be fair the release in 2021 of Scott Pilgrim is essentially just a celebration of them getting the digital distribution rights back. Like, mm. it kind of unceremoniously vanished from online retailers everywhere for years. And, like, in 2014, I think, is when it disappeared. And you just... It was impossible for a person to buy. And basically, all they really did with this release was rectify that issue. There, apparently, there's some, like, DLC that's included with it that you could get it back when it first came out but it's not like an it's not a remaster or a remake it's literally a re-release so 
so no, Brett, there probably wouldn't be any new content. My my judgment is strictly based off of my time with it back in 2010. Okay. I, I just, but like, but yeah, in terms of it not being updated, you're right. There's nothing new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So th- then on the scale of, like with that context in mind, is this an average beat-em-up or is it a good or bad beat-em-up i think it's terrible was uh, what specific what what specific element of the game did you not enjoy in particular uh it was i mean a combination of things but i felt like the hit detection was off a lot of the time i felt like there were some odd design choices in the way that weapons worked in co-op um, the more people that you added, the more chaotic and, and um, difficult it became to manage your character, keep your character on on his or her feet. I felt like I spent so much time on the ground not being able to do anything uh, for reasons that, I don't know, maybe I just suck, but for reasons that I thought were, I don't know, a little unfair. A little unfair. Like attacks hitting me that, didn't seem to hit me i guess you could say or i don't know enemies coming from off screen things like that i didn't like the movement speed either i felt like they were moving around too slowly it was difficult to get in a position to do attacks with how slowly they were moving around i don't know i guess going back to streets of rage 4 i felt like it was a bit easier to get into uh position okay Um, but I was saying that the music is great. Yeah, the soundtrack is fantastic. And Managuchi are amazing, yeah. I've been playing the medium. Xbox console exclusive the medium. So which it's like, you may go ahead. I was gonna say so it's like an actual Xbox Series X game. This isn't like a This is an Xbox Series X and PC game. Okay. which I've been playing on the Xbox Series X. And you may recall that as launch games fell away from the Xbox launch, uh, at one point the medium was kind of the only thing exclusive left. And then that got delayed to this week. And uh, it's a blooper team game. So they made uh, games like Blair Witch, and I know Rhett will, will understand what I mean when I say that a lot of their games are just kind of not there. They're there, but it feels like they could have done more. Hmm. Yep. And I kind of I do feel that way a lot about the medium. Because it's got some very interesting story stuff that I've been enjoying quite a bit. I haven't finished it yet. But uh mechanically it's so clunky so clunky it it's kind of in the vein of the original resident evil complete with pseudo tank controls that kind of send you off course when the camera angle changes do you, it gets real frustrating in chase sequences do you think that was a deliberate design decision cuz i know that like 
horror games tend to do that thing where they're like, we're going to make the controls dog shit to freak you out, make you feel like you're not in control of the situation or you barely are. Like, do you think that's kind of what they were going for here? Or is this just badly designed? Possibly. Possibly some of column A and column B. <laughs> but arguably the times that it generates the most tension, it's not related to you not being able to get away from something. Okay. You know, it's it's much more psychological uh, playing with your mind and and using historical events to generate an emotional response out of you. I don't want to give away too much, but it's... Um, yeah, it does interesting stuff, but it feels like it's mechanically hampered by dated design okay you know the adventure game part of things is very much the uh the the old school this thing is missing something i need to find this thing <laughs> and so you need to walk through a few rooms to a table where this thing is sitting pick it up and take it back and i i don't know i feel like this story might have been better served as more of a true like walking simulator visual novel kind of thing i don't know that there's too much mechanically there to make it make sense like it if you've got game pass definitely pick it up and play it but uh i don't know how much i would pay for it gotcha mm -hmm. <clears throat> so part of me is kind of wondering like, was this game just not ready for the Xbox launch? Or did they hold it back because they didn't want this game to have the singular distinction of being the one exclusive game at Xbox Series X launch? Yeah. Like... Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Anyways, it's all right so far. My opinion, my tune might change depending on where the story goes. If the story uh, ends up in a really good spot, I probably feel a little more positively about it. But as it stands, I feel like I'm probably at least halfway through it. And uh, yeah, it's all right so far. Okay. What an James, endorsement! I, just ringing, glowing Absolutely. endorsements. Though I did also play the Resident Evil 8 demo. Ooh, yeah. Damn. That's fucking awesome. Fuck, that's beautiful. So good. It is so fucking beautiful. Uh, I think God, you, they it's were, gorgeous. You, you were saying in the chat that the demo is really more of kind of like a showcase, a technical showcase of what's, what it's going to do. Yeah. Um, it feels a lot like that. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot mechanically going on. There's a little bit of light puzzle solving, a little bit of of that stuff, but there's not really uh, the kind of mechanical stuff that you would find in, in Resident Evil 7. It's more that they, they put you in this environment, they want you to look around, uh, experience some 3D audio, see some really shiny rocks, <laughs> incredibly good-looking banisters and railings, Okay. And, you know, and have it run incredibly well. Uh, yeah, it's it's probably the one of the first games that I've dropped into and thought, this is impossible on the last gen. They can't do this. Huh. 
All right, this sick. looks super next gen. So yeah, go check it out if you got a PS5. It's very cool. I think I'll do that. <clears throat> uh, James, you've been playing one other thing though, and I, I have yes. <clears throat> uh, I hope you have your notes nearby to adhere to embargo. Oh. I think I got it. I had to read it like 20 times just to figure it out, so it's in there. Um, All right, cool. So I've been playing Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, the repackaging. Um, I won't get into too many specifics about certain elements that you may have seen in the trailer, but rest assured, I'm all up in that business, and Mm. it's truly something. Just a nice neutral statement. <laughs> yeah. It is something. Indeed. No, I mean, uh, I've 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 messed around with some of the, like the new kinds of battles and stuff like that that are in the game. Um, it's weird because 3D World is like a stage based one after the other. Like it's a 3D evolution of the old 2D ga- 2D games, right? Where you're wandering around on an overworld map and like going to stages and unlocking coins and stars and shit. But Bowser's Fury's not like that. It's um, that, that's what I thought from the trailer. I thought this yeah. looks more like an expansion to Mario Odyssey. You are one thousand percent correct. All right, that's what it feels like, and um, and everything is cats or cat-eared in the world you're running around in. The Koopas, cool. the Goombas, the Skeleton dudes. The trees, the bushes. That's about it. But everything <laughs> you see is just like, it's all got cat ears. All right. Which is a, but it plays like Odyssey. So it's a fun little marriage of the two game eras. Um, Interesting. I don't know how long it is yet. Like I haven't finished it, so I couldn't tell you where it's at. And I don't think I'm supposed to anyways so it's probably for the best but uh uh it's fun you know it's it's uh i like i i liked mario odyssey a lot so that freedom to run around and explore and achieve goals kind of organically as you discover them that's cool i'm really into that and um mechanically it's it's just kind of like 3D World. Like, it plays like 3D World, only on a different kind of map. So they're using, like, the <laughs> same... Almost... It's it's weird. It's really weird. Because <laughs> it feels like the engine f- for 3D World, but transposed into Odyssey-style gameplay. Like, I'm just guessing huh. that they didn't fire up two different development engines or two different, like, game skeletons. You know what I mean? In order to, like, produce this game. But upon reflection... It feels like they're so different they have to be two different models, but I don't think they are. Yeah, hmm. it's it's cool. And um, 3D World still whips ass. Oh, it's so much fun. Um, yeah. It's nothing really new. I mean, not much. I, I think there's a couple of things, but I couldn't... I haven't experienced them. I couldn't tell you. Hmm. Can't exactly confirm that there. Again, maybe I should. But... It's still awesome. So there's that. Um, graphics are crisp and clean and delicious, and everything just looks so good. And that Nintendo polish with 3D World is just like it's 
fucking it's on it's on it's so good you even do a dumb little shit like hopping into a pipe collecting coins bopping bad guys in the head all that jazz just feels like it's like driving a fucking ferrari man it's just like so butter smooth and beautiful for nintendo ah there's just there's some there's some mainline games that nintendo puts out that like have like such embarrassing levels of polish god yeah so is there any direct connection between Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury? Do they try to link those dots or is it just like two different menu items on the main screen? It is exactly that. It is two different menu items okay. on the main screen. Um, <laughs> All right. Like mechanically, they have some connections and like graphically, but like that, that's kind of it, which is fine. Hmm. It's just like it's just like a like another adventure you can go on on a separate save file <laughs> and is is uh bowser's fury as co-op friendly as 3d world uh yes to a lesser extent okay so you can you can do some teaming up not quite as many characters you have access to but they're there mm. Mm. okay all right well there we go that's those definitely sounds like like some non-final impressions james yeah no i'm having a lot of fun it's uh really hard to put down (laughs) (laughs) um sweet anything else anybody wants to cover games he played didn't play want to play um have been catching up with um bravely second which i never got to because bravely default 2 is coming out next month and uh oh jesus i forgot what those games are like it's just like for somebody who likes a very specific kind of combat system in rpgs it's like the guys who made the bravely default series were like tapping my phone or something or like hacking my emails because it is (laughs) exactly specifically what i want mechanically in a combat system in an rpg like it's just like I feel like I I, I want to lift up some character's shoe and it'll have my fucking name scrawled on there. Like it's just so specifically my jam. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it looks really good. It looks super sharp too. I haven't uh, seen any trailers or anything for it, but yeah, ooh, yeah. Man. Um, I watched one just like a couple weeks ago just to see what it's like, and it looks. Yeah. Uh. Like it'll be good. The cutscenes are kind of weird because the the character models are designed with a very specific aesthetic that it turns out is also contingent on a particular um, resolution um, because the characters they get a little cleaner, a little shinier, and a little taller. And for some reason, at first, it looks kind of weird. And this is just when you watch a trailer for Bravely Default Two. It's just very like, oh, okay, sure. <clears throat> I don't okay. know. But yeah, I'm but gonna uh, watch for that. Uh, ooh. Mm. Who oh, is developing this? Is this the Octopath team? Um, <clears throat> I think it falls under that same development umbrella. I think there's like a couple of companies. Like it might be the they have one that's like the RPG Factory, like the mm-hmm. Tokyo RPG Factory, something like that. That like does a bunch of those games, and I think this is kind of in that similar vein um but yeah Mm. 
Well, James, that kind of sounds like a, a prediction of sorts. A prediction that <laughs> Bravely Default 2 is going to be pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, I'd love to spend the rest of this podcast making some 2021 predictions. Because mm. I think we all have to believe in our hearts that it can't possibly be as bad as 2020 was. And so let's say make some predictions about how bad various studios are going to fuck things up. Yeah. Or how right they're going to get it. <laughs> I see the wheels turning red. Yeah, my my first uh thing that I jump to are sports games. You want a bold prediction? Sports games don't suck every year starting in 2021. Well, maybe starting in 2022 cuz 2021 is the year they take a year off. They fucking get their bearings, recalculate, hit the drawing board, and they come back strong in 2022. Not going to happen, but, you know, it's a bold prediction. Yeah. And sidebar, before you go on, James, just want to say maybe this will be the year that 2K or whoever finally gets a wrestling game right because it's been a very, very long time. There is zero percent chance of that. Yeah, zero. I was going to say, Less than first zero. of all, According to uh, people on our team, wrestling games haven't been good for like two decades. A and, long time. Yeah. And second of all, your prediction was already fucked the moment you said take a year off, which is yeah, not exactly. a right. thing they can do. <laughs> what is... if what if what if maybe this is the year that we get sports games that become, you know, the addition for the next five years, whatever. And then that, you know you get it's not impossible. You get an, right? It's like give me that. Well, the games, let's, let's take uh, the last generation, for example. Sports games did not look that much better in a five-year span. You know, from, from 2011 to 2016, like, games did not look any better. Uh, not really. So with these new systems, I don't see why we can't have one Madden that looks fantastic and then gets a great roster update, maybe gets a new couple modes every year that are actually fleshed out and um, <laughs> you know like yeah i know it's <laughs> one can dream one can dream <laughs> listen if they go to that platform model they are immediately taking out just about every mode out of these games true so, you know true. you're gonna get you're gonna get your nhl mode and it's gonna have an exhibition mode and it's gonna have a stanley cup final and that's all you're gonna get this year and then yeah. maybe next year they'll bring back be a pro and then maybe the year after that, they'd bring back franchise. And honestly, I'm okay with that. As long as it means they're making meaningful mechanical upgrades to these games. Because they, yeah. all sports, just about all sports games play like dog shit. Mm -hmm. One exception, maybe FIFA. Yeah, they certainly seem to capture what it is to run and like dribble a ball versus what it is to, you know, uh, be stick handling a puck or or whatever like it seems like you know <laughs> a game set on grass is a lot easier to mimic than a game set on ice or, or football basketball even for that matter ea really never was able to yeah. to get that down no i like that prediction though <clears throat> it's a good one um i got one can't shoot and uh I was just looking through the release list of things that are planned to come out in 2021, and I noticed 
something I hadn't heard in a few years, that being Skull and Bones. Oh. Which is that that Ubisoft ship battling game that I'm not convinced they have any idea what it is. First, it was going to be like kind of a Assassin's Creed sort of offshoot, and then it was just going to be ship battles. But I'm going on record here and saying that it's going to get a major relaunch. They're going to go hard on Skull and Bones, and it is going to be yet another Ubisoft game. Fuck. That's it. That's the prediction. It's just going to be an Ubisoft game full of icons and a massive world that Alex Thomas wants to explore. Somebody once compared the Ubisoft game model to like all the different ingredients you can use to make things at Taco Bell. Because there's a very short <laughs> list, and they keep trying to recombine them in different ways to make new menu items. But it's the same goddamn lettuce, cheese, tortilla, ground beef, tomato, all that shit. It never changes. They just, they just, you know, tweak the math a little bit and try to present it as something else. And that is exactly what Ubisoft does with their fucking formula. They have all these. They have a very small toolkit that they recombine constantly in the effort to like make a new thing. Mm. Can't wait to eat the uh, the Ubisoft Crunch Wrap Supreme. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. <laughs> God, Taco Bell is pretty good though. So that, that it is it is it's a pretty apt comparison too, because maybe you end up kind of reaching for it at one in the morning when you know your judgment's <laughs> a little impaired and you're like, yeah, this is good. This is a good time. I'm enjoying this, but. Uh, <laughs> shouldn't have that every day man (laughs) yeah you got a point there (laughs) you got a point yeah again not mine i cribbed it from somewhere else uh i think it was a penny arcade comic but yeah yeah it's it's a very good point uh uh what do you think james you got you got a prediction here for for 2021 Yes, I do. My prediction is that we will finally get a new version of the Switch, or what people are clamoring to be called the Switch Pro, and it is going to be very disappointing. Oh, it's going to yeah. be very disappointing to basically everybody who wants one to exist, because anytime Nintendo does this, where they have a ver- like a console, and they're like, "Well, we're going to put out a new version of that console." generally it's a pretty small improvement (laughs) like the new 3ds was just like a little bigger with like a slightly better processor so like things didn't like come with any slowdown it had like a second analog stick like just very little things that made it it was small enough changes that you felt like you really had to deliberate on whether or not you were going to buy the upgrade and it's the same with like uh uh well with the with uh the ds they added backlighting, yeah. which was honestly enough to justify a second purchase. But it's a small change, right? So I, th- oh. I think we're going to get a Switch Pro. Okay. It's going to change, like, maybe two things. Like, it'll have a slightly stronger processor and some some functional upgrade to, like, the Joy-Cons that's, like, cool and convenient but, like, doesn't blow the fucking doors off. I have a prediction for it as well. They're gonna get rid of the black bezel. It's gonna be the whole the whole uh, uh, display is gonna be you know from corner to corner surface area. Okay, that's yeah. 
that's extremely plausible. Yep. It's there's what a lot of real estate they... in there. That's true. I mean, also, what are the odds of them calling it the Nintendo New Switch? Oh yeah, the Switch Plus maybe or something. Switch up. Yeah. The Switcheroo. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. The Switchback. It'll be yeah. um. <laughs> uh. Yeah, they'll give it a, a contested name that half the people will hate, and it'll change two things, and it will not be big. So people are like, because if they make, for example what some people have been clamoring for. If they make a 4K model, <laughs> what that means is that every game that comes out after the release of this model has to use the new version of the Switch. And then you cut your fucking uh. install base in half. And it's just like, boy, oh boy, we're going to sell a lot of these games. Not anymore, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. Uh, also, if you tried to design a handheld system that was going to pump out 4K graphics into even the just palm docked. of your hands. Even just you, docked. Have fucking fun. <laughs> but, like, regardless, that's going to be like holding a nuclear fuel rod in your hands. It's going to be hotter than the surface of the sun. <laughs> like, fuck. I could see maybe going from, like, a 720 screen on the, on the Switch right now to a 1080. Yeah. Like okay. They blow sure. that whoa, screen up whoa, to the edges whoa, whoa. and make it 1080. Sure. 900. Like, 900. That's it. <laughs> yeah. They'll do another like half. 900. Drop yeah. it down. 540. They want to make sure <laughs> that crisis down. runs on this baby. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. No. Uh, a lot of Switch diehards will tell you already that the Switch can compete with i mean i they will say the ps5 they will say the, the series x i won't even acknowledge those comments but they will say that the switch is on par with the ps4 it is on par with the xbox one it's not it's not when no. nintendo develops a game for it like you said earlier in this episode when nintendo puts that ridiculous nintendo polish on their games they're fucking amazing and when the switch works really well it's awesome but those moments are few and far between with that system. It's the typical Nintendo problem that they've had with every one of their consoles since, yeah. I don't know, the Super Nintendo. That their games are fucking fantastic and nothing else can hang. Yeah. yeah. Most of the third party stuff is generally garbage. <laughs> I hate to say it. I, I really wish that thing, you know, was not. I'm not going to say it's bad, but I, yeah, I wish it no. wasn't as bad as often as it is. That That's a, that's a, that's a long-time Nintendo problem. It's something I've made my peace with fucking generations ago. It's just like, yeah. no, you're going to have this console for the first-party titles and a handful of third-party titles. Generally, that's about it. Sometimes you get a console that hits a sweet spot, like the Wii and the DS were somehow really easy to develop for. And then so you had like crazy amounts of good third-party shit on there but like it it's it's kind of a rare occurrence like the ds was like a special focal point of their history um yeah red Ooh, how about that for a how about that for a bold prediction the switch 2 it's clamshelled with a second screen fucking huge okay 
Okay. Yeah, that's bold. That'd be a, that'd be a great... Bold. They, they, they'd be like, well, we didn't want to bump up the resolution too much, so we wanted yeah. to give you double the power, so we just made another fucking 3DS. Surprise! <laughs> Man, like, how pumped would people be on that? I think a lot of people share that same sentiment that you do, James, where, where the DS was a special time in their history. Yeah. Just a lot of good third-party stuff. Like, crazy amount yeah. of good RPGs. Mm, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we were talking Fire Emblem the last episode. I would love to go back and play those Fire Emblem like remakes that were on. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. No doubt. Uh, I got another prediction. <clears throat> this one's dark. Okay. It's not good. Okay. We don't Uh-oh. want this, but it's Uh-oh. it's gonna happen. Make no mistake. This one is one hundred percent guaranteed. All right. Based on the success of the uh, free and also pretty damn good Genshin Impact, which is fueled by the most ridiculously overblown gotcha mechanics in years, we're going to see gotcha gone wild. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to have gotcha. All right. And that's right. going to be the way that they get around loot box laws by, by changing the something name. else. Yep. Oh, that's dark. Okay. And it's going to be just different enough that it's going to work. It's going to push off the uh, the legal system from catching up with this bullshit for another couple of years. Yeah. Not just enough time to get enough twelve year olds to enter their parents' credit card information. Make some purchases. That's right. And absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Okay. Now I'm Genshin of... Impact's a pretty cool game though. I played it a little bit, yeah. It was I do like smooth. Genshin Impact. It's pretty fun. But by these gotcha gotcha like like what do you mean by that? Well, basically what it ends up being is that you gather like uh, limited amounts of in-game currency that you can purchase more of with real money, and you use this currency to basically uh, gamble on your loot drops. Like they took the entire system of like farming for loot, and then it may be having a one percent chance of being a certain thing. They just okay. uh, weaponized it basically, where you go to a menu and it's like, all right, press the button. What do you get? Is it good? No, it's not good. But next time it might be good, and sometimes it is. And then. You know, people spend a lot of money to make sure that they have more chances or their odds are better. You know, it's uh, absolutely fucking evil, but brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, brilliantly evil. Yeah, real triumph of design. (laughs) Genshin kind of gets around all the the loot box discussion because you don't pay for this game. Yeah. So it becomes more like a mobile game where you might buy gold coins or something like that, but wrapped up in a pretty compelling action rpg that you kind of want to get more characters and stuff for yeah it's Mm. it's pretty damn good for a freemium game even if i love and hate paimon's voice well so something right it's got to be something (laughs) all right who else has got one okay let's see here hi I said that one. Okay. I think we will get one trailer 
for the Final Fantasy Seven Remake Part Two. Mm. Just yeah. one. It might be forty-five. It might be thirty seconds long, and it'll just be a logo, and we're like, "Hey guys, this game exists," and we'll all be like, "Yeah, please give us more. We're so hungry for D, you know, for D, yeah." And, and, and um, it'll be one trailer, and that'll be all we get. And they'll be like, when are we getting a release date? You'll be like, when it's ready. Because fucking guys. Anyway, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, we'll get one tiny update about Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. It's just the 30-second trailer of the party walking from Midgar to the town of Calm. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, you can see that's distance. as far as they got. Yeah. They get slightly farther. They're like, oh, well, they haven't got there yet. Don't worry. We'll have the game at some point. Like a hundred something Nibbleheim. Yeah. It'd be the I'm going to go the opposite phase. direction on that one, though. Yeah. I'm going to say that we get a release date for that this year. Ooh, nice. I think spring 2022 is entirely possible. It did say I it was think- going to be a lot quicker to start churning them out right if they know the direction they want to go I assume that they have written a treatment for where the story goes now because it's yeah. kind of unwritten at this point but yeah it could go basically anywhere they, they've got the freedom they, they built themselves a back door so they can escape the story at any point if certain events turn out to be too <laughs> unpalatable or unpopular or continuously emotionally traumatizing i guess if that's something that affects oh, they are you. gonna milk the emotional trauma for all it is worth james oh yeah so no they'll go the other way over they're like you know the thing you guys are expecting we're gonna crank it up to 11 get ready to cry <laughs> i hope so i hope so because i'm somebody that doesn't know the story and just recently i was scrolling through i think it was a youtube comment section and I swear, I was just scrolling, 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 and then really quick, I saw one little spoiler, like, out of nowhere. It wasn't related to the video that I was watching, but there was a spoiler related to Aerith that I didn't want to see. <laughs> and so, Rhett. hearing that, I'm like, I hope that a lot of this stuff that people think is coming is not going to be coming, you know? Rhett, it's legitimately totally wild to me that you had never heard that before. Like yeah, never, to never, say that no, that information, like the, that the key events of final fantasy seven as the storyline for like 10 years was so deeply embedded in the collective, uh, uh, gamer consciousness that to this day, if I see somebody who like, doesn't know how final fantasy seven goes, I feel like they were in some sort of a bunker for several years like i can't think of a second reason why somebody wouldn't know that but then here you are a person who organically did not know that until unbelievably recently that's amazing to me (laughs) also given the fact that some of my best friends growing up were big big final fantasy fans but i just never i don't know i never I, i never got one of them for christmas i never got one for a birthday nothing um yeah, it was always something though. FF Seven, you know, anytime anybody would talk about the best games ever, FF Seven would come up, and I would always be like, "Man, I would really like to check that out." So now it, it's pretty so cool the, that the first way I get to experience it is this way. I think. Yeah, 
I think that's a really interesting perspective to have too. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm actually shocked that the remake was so successful with people who had not played Final Fantasy VII and they enjoyed it basically the same amount as people who had this ridiculous, uh, unassailable nostalgia. Nostalgia aside, man, it is just a very well-made game. Well-directed, well-composed. It's, it's, yeah. it's so smooth. It's, it's uh, you know, yeah, it's a good game. Hopefully the second one improves on it. And... I guess now that we're talking about Final Fantasy, you want another prediction for 2021? Maybe we get... Mm, I want to say a release date. Bold predictions. I'm going to say a release date for that Final Fantasy... Uh, 16, is it? Is that where we're at? 17? Yeah, 16 is the what's coming 16, out. 16, yeah. Give me, yeah, give me a, a release date for that. Not as soon as Mar or March 2022. That's what you said, right, Paul? For, for Spring. Part 2. Spring, spring 20. Okay, so I'm going to say, ah, man, I don't know, 2023 for 16. Really? That's pretty distant. I'm going to say that, that that one's coming out this year. This year? But if it was going to be the, this like, year, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that they would have more information on it when they showed it off last time? Well, I mean, they they did have quite a bit of information on it. Like they didn't say a whole lot, but obviously the narrative is complete. The voice mm -hmm. acting is complete. Right. The combat looked relatively complete. The thing that didn't look that done was the polish on the graphics. Like the lighting didn't look right. Things like yeah. that looked like they were not there yet, which is something you'd expect in something that's in an alpha or early beta form. For me, I think that game could very reasonably come out this year. Yeah, fair. If it doesn't, it's because Square Enix has, like, they want to make sure that there's uh, the holes in their release calendar are as small as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're probably, depending on how ready the game is, they might even be, like, picking their target. But, like, well, we got to drop it here because we got nothing else going on. And you know what I mean? They got some sort of, like, crazy mathematics at play yeah. for that. And just an aside, here's the beauty of that Final Fantasy VII spoiler ret, is that despite knowing the spoiler itself, there's so much context and mm. surrounding information in that whole scenario. As yeah. It's definitely not ruined for you. Absolutely. That's what I figured. Like, Based on the events from the first game, I figured that uh, there was a lot of context missing there. And, you know, if, if something appears to be one way or that way in specific that we're talking about i figured that maybe not necessarily that is how things will end up or you know maybe there's a way back that i haven't seen yet i remember um james you were mentioning something about the black what was it you were mentioning some part of part of the story about the black uh black material i don't know yeah like i think it was that so maybe there's I have no clue. I'm excited to play the second part, though. Gotcha. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised that that game didn't pop up on more game of the year lists. You know, I I can't think of anywhere I saw that actually gave it game of the year, but it had a such a massive impact on people when it came out, got such good reviews. 
it's interesting that it just kind of fell out of people's minds that quickly. Yeah, it it was like um I think by the time we got Ghost of Tsushima, Final Fantasy VII was gone from people's minds. Yeah. 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 That is a tough thing about releasing in the first couple months of the year. So I got another prediction. Okay. And uh, this one's about Gotham Knights. All right. Which is that uh, DC-based, Destiny-like, The Division-ish game where you play as a variety of non-Batman Arkham-esque characters. Yeah. Uh, And I'm going to say that Gotham Knights is going to be the best one of those that gets released this year but it's still not very good. Okay. Yeah. You think it d- doesn't hold a candle to the original 3? Yeah, I don't I don't think it will stand up to games that are more established like Destiny. I think it's weird that's the last superhero game that came out that was trying to bite off Destiny's piece of the pie was such a fuck up at it like like Avengers was so boring Jesus Christ like the loot should be the best part of the game or like in the top two slots and it was just like here's an identical piece of crap that you will slap upon your body it will change literally nothing and doesn't look any different really so what do you care fuck you get in there be the hulk and it's just so i guess what i'm saying is that the bar for superhero destiny clones is pretty low <laughs> yeah hey, I, I mean i hope it's better than the avengers but christ the avengers is like a, a really elaborate paint by numbers where you know every section was clearly numbered with what color of paint they needed to paint in there to make a competent game but all they had on hand was black sharpies and so they kind of sharpied around and made a thing that maybe almost looks like a picture yeah but yeah if you have it at the right angle game but if you are (laughs) developing a game right now don't learn from square enix or maybe learn from square enix uh they spent way too much time and effort and money on the story of that game. And like for a game that they, the first time that they revealed it, it was all about, you know, getting in with your friends and and feeling like the Avengers, man, for a game that was supposed to be about that, just what you were saying, James, it was just so boring. Like this, I, I, I'm, you trudge through this story that honestly for all, all the effort they put into it i didn't think it was that great and and then there's nothing to do outside of it so yeah if this gotham knights game doesn't revolve around character building and customization and and that sort of stuff if it's going to be some other fucking bullshit batman story that doesn't actually include batman i don't know could go the same route as avengers i don't think it's going to be as bad as avengers though i really don't God, I hope not. 
Fingers crossed. I think that it's it's impossible to get decent customization in a superhero game because the assholes that control the money are like, well, they have to look a certain way and they have to be cool. So we can't have players like putting pink tutus and fucking bright green sunglasses on these guys because like, you know what I mean? Like, because then it's just like, fucks with the brand. So when you customize your outfits, it just looks like the same shit and the power set has to fall within a certain space so like the fans recognize it as that character and it's just like you know what i mean like it's 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 impossible for a superhero game to really uh blow it open like that because they have this like very tightly controlled track that the content needs to flow down in order to still be the content for sure i got a solution for you yeah say you've got this enormous back catalog of comics and stories and storylines and, and variations on a character. What if there was an area you could go to in the game and talk to a shopkeeper and push a button and at random get something? And what if you could earn in-game currency? <laughs> I'm saying Goth- Gotham Knights is going to be a gotcha game. I, I, yeah, sure. And then maybe one time you like roll the dice and you get like uh uh like a batman suit that's like yeah i was gonna chrome. say you get the cowl <laughs> yeah you get the Same. chrome body, body armor and you're like i'm the same superhero but i'm fucking shiny and then <laughs> yeah, the other, all the other players are jealous of you and your chrome ass superhero and you play the game forever to chase that high you know if they do, but if they do enough of those suits and they do that kind of thing that can work because it works perfectly well in the spider-man games yeah the spider-man outfits mm. are awesome you know, so they good. don't even have an incentive to drip out more suits than they do. It's yeah. great. So, I've got a couple of more predictions. God, your computer screen is shockingly bright, James. <laughs> yeah. When you go into a document, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, my oh, prediction is that we'll get a, a pretty far ways into the release of Halo Infinite like probably probably to the closed or even the open beta stage and mm-hmm. it's going to make people really nostalgic for some older Halo release i don't i don't play them so i don't know which is the best halo but like it's going to people are going to be like, "Oh man, remember what this Halo did that was so awesome and so rad and everything else?" Meanwhile, there's Infinite. And, and then they'll like there'll be articles and stuff coming up but like, "Here's what Infinite's doing wrong and here's what it can do to fix it." And here's the five things that Halo Infinite needs to do to become a truly memorable Halo game. That's the kind of Halo game we're going to get in fucking open beta in 2021. <laughs> So do you think the final game will release in 2021? Now that they have gone on record and said holiday 2021. No, I don't think so. I I think... I think we'll get some version of it for sure this year. But it might be like... uh, like a limited release or like well we're gonna drop some multiplayer maps and get people in a sort of like an open beta which is just like anybody who yeah. has an email address and um and then they'll all like do multiplayer but like the campaign's coming guys 
And uh, that'll happen either at the <laughs> very end of 2021 or probably most likely the first quarter of 2022 because I just have a funny feeling that they're not even as not done as we think they are. <laughs> I mean, the par- the parade of creative directors out the door, it <laughs> it is very telling. Despite what the remaining folks at 343 say about it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It it does mean something when that many high level people are yeah just a, gone. A high turnover rate is bad no matter the circumstances. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that actually makes me think of another prediction, but it can go later. So, what are the Vegas odds on uh, Halo Infinite's campaign coming out before Final Fantasy VII Part Two? Oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say like, I don't know, like one in three chance that uh, the Halo's campaign comes out before the second Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. You're not overly confident then. <laughs> oh, one in three for sure. Odds makers were bullish about the release of Halo Infinite. Yeah. Do you want to just carry on and, and give your next prediction? Okay. Well, one I thought of as we were having this discussion was Metroid Prime 4. Now, I didn't think of this one because it's having the same problem that Halo Infinite is having in that you see job listings for the team, for the mm-hmm. project, that are really important jobs that they're filling like <laughs> this month or like in the last six months, like uh lead designer and like mm-hmm. creative director, like big roles. I don't remember exactly what they are, but there's two or three really important roles that were only filled in the last six months. Um, and they took over develop retro studios took over development of this game in 2018. January 2018 they Ooh, started dear. working on this game and they were they were advertising for for very important positions in fall of 2020 at the absolute latest or earliest um Man. so I... my prediction based on this information is that we'll definitely get much like Final Fantasy 7 remake part 2 we'll get a trailer for Metroid Prime 4 Although it might just be the logo <laughs> again, but with like a slow panning, like rotating shot of like Samus's new armor. And then that'll be literally it. Prime has the same problem as Halo, I think, yeah. which is that both those games are very much of a time. And if you try to go back and play Metroid Prime or you go back and play Halo, you can't expect a modern game. You have to expect a game from that era. Like the platforming in, in Prime just doesn't hold up that well. The still, aiming system is well so done. convoluted as to be physically exactly. unpleasant. And it's just like two different sticks, four different buttons. Fuck. Anyways, continue. But like how do you how do you bring that into twenty twenty one? And Halo, they showed what they thought was bringing it into the new the future people hated it yeah now they're scrambling and probably also nintendo scrambling like shit what do we do with this fucking game 
I think I think it'll be good, but it won't be mind blowing. Like I don't think they're gonna pull a Star Fox Zero and make something for the console that makes players hate the franchise. But I think they'll make something pretty good, like seven, seven and a half out of ten on the upside, on the uptick. Like I think sounds reasonable. I think I personally think that any sort of first person like uh platforming or melee combat or like close up combat like that is just so clunky and so unpleasant, but like people disagree with me. But I I don't think they're gonna make any innovations in that field. And that's like a pretty core element to Metroid Prime. <laughs> yeah. For my uh, last prediction here, I've got a Metroid adjacent prediction. All right. And uh, that is around Axiom Verge 2, which is supposedly coming out this year. And the original Axiom Verge, for those who who don't know, is an awesome Metroidvania game. Very uh, retro inspired, going so far as to have upgrades for your character that, quote unquote, glitch the world to Uh, advance. It's a very cool game uh, with awesome music. And I am going to say that Axiom Verge 2 is the Super Metroid 2 that, one, no one asked for, but two, everyone actually desperately wants. Yeah. Yeah, we love we love that kind of shit, and we want more of it. I never finished Axiom Verge, and I really should go back and wrap it up. It's a really great game. Has spooky atmosphere, which you would think would be impossible given like the graphical style <laughs> and the play style, but woof, it's fantastic. Yeah, as but as like a tight controlling uh, Metroidvania kind of game, it's it's right up there with the best in the business, like the Ori's and the. Yeah, uh, Hollow Knights and things like that. Top of top of the charts. Any other last predictions here, fellas? Metal Gear the Musical. The team <laughs> okay. is the team is getting together right now to develop a three act play that will cover the entire one through four storyline five will not be included uh okay you got david hater you got quint well no, I, actually i don't think they're bringing quentin flynn back are they because he got into some controversy with some tweets some tweets that involved some things he shouldn't have been saying <laughs> okay so i i don't know if he'll be I coming see back that. yeah i'm i'm pretty sure it was quentin flynn uh i would have to dig it up but yeah so anyways for sure (laughs) metal gear the musical um hopefully i'm wrong that's what i think it is because paul paul i don't think you're convinced that they're getting together to re-record mgs1 are you it's that whole crew vulcans there i mean they they could be yeah they could be but 
I also think it's entirely possible that they're getting together to record like a visual novel and oh. that the uh, the Metal Gear Solid mm. remake is its own thing using the uh the original dialogue or new or new voice actors. Mm. Original dialogue, yeah. That'd be cool. My last prediction that isn't just gross is that we're going to get the prime pure 100% version of Cyberpunk 2077 sometime this year, probably November, and nobody's going to give a fuck when it comes out. Like by the time it happens, all the goodwill surrounding the franchise will have fully evaporated. And I'll be like, all right, here's the great new version. And then, like, <clears throat> they'll have, like, a sales bump of, like, 30% of their original, like, m- units moved during the pre-order in the first week phase. But, like, it won't, they'll make a blip in the news. They'll be like, hey, guys, in case you're curious, the better best version of Cyberpunk is out. And be like, all right, cool. But, like, they're going to release the perfect version. Nobody's going to give a fuck. I think that's accurate because I don't think it's that good a game, even despite the bugs. Yeah. There you go. But they're working towards it. They'll have it out, and then it'll be very okay. Yep. Also, that uh, Quentin Flynn stuff uh, does not look good. Doesn't look <laughs> does good. Does not eh? look good for him. Oh, <laughs> no. Quentin. Uh, it's was uh, it? It's real bad. Was God. it? Well. <clears throat> Racism, homophobia, uh, conspiracy theories, yeah. anti-Semitism. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. Uh, no, it's some, some real sexual predator. Oh, no. Type stuff. Okay. It's, okay. it's way darker than I thought it would be, which is why I'm laughing. I know that makes no sense. but Okay. No, that's yeah, no. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. It's, Sometimes uh, you just have to, you have to laugh or say, do something, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, there's oh, our what? predictions for 2021. I'm sure we have other ones that we'll cook up and uh, and spout out on this podcast as as time goes on. But for now, you know what? I think we pretty much covered just about everything that's going to happen this year. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Press X to Podcast. Episode two of the face season. This time, all of our faces are even moving and stuff. Whereas last time, it was just like a still image of Rhett. And then the two of us kind of like hear more than that. But now it's a triple threat. Face the clock, yo. Good times. The face the clock, triple threat. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll workshop that one too. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. No, no, we'll we'll edit and workshop nothing. The very first idea we have is the one we go with, etched in stone every time. No revisions. I like it. I like it. All right. I mean, honestly, there's not a good reason for us not to do this show live because there's literally no editing. (laughs) That's a good point. Maybe we should take callers, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Live... Now that's a slippery call slope. in show, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's slippery, but I feel like we could, you know, maintain control, so to speak. Us three, three musketeers, it, I think people would be very, very respectful of us and our wishes. 
I think some of them would try to fight me physically in spite of the fact that they can't do that. I think it would not stop them. Yeah, well, that's why we got Paul. He'll fucking beat the fuck out of anybody that steps up. Me too, Paul. You might have to step up for me too. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. All right. No problem. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That kind of sounds like just the right kind of greased up. You know? A live call-in show. Maybe we could build towards that as the finale of uh, Act 1 That'd of the face season. <laughs> yeah. This is good. We're building a real story. Yeah. Call in. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're taking feedback on our faces tonight, so please call this number. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Please. <laughs> I always welcome feedback on my face. <laughs> yeah, this this thing I can do nothing about. Please, constructive criticism only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, everybody. We do appreciate you hanging around and hanging out with us and giving feedback on James's face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're looking forward to that. Uh, face so, feedback. Good face. Until next time. <laughs> Enjoyed it. Four and a half stars. Five Four out of seven. Half. Nice. nice. Yes. Five out of seven. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> my rating. Yeah. My rating was out of five stars. My rating was better. Goodbye. Yeah, mine everybody. was a call back to a famous Reddit thread. <laughs> That's right. You have mean power. Famous, you know. All right, let's get out of here. All right, take care of yourselves, everybody. It's been fun having you around. And we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Peace out. Goodbye. <laughs> wow. All right, that was good.